Well, good evening. It's good to see everybody that's here this evening. Glad to have you with us there uh, online, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube or our um, Twitter, uh, any one of those. Mine went blank for a second. Uh, been out of habit of saying that for a few weeks. <laughs> so, uh, but glad to have you there. Be sure to subscribe, to follow, to heart, to like, to retweet there on Twitter. All that just helps to get the word out even more uh, and to get more viewership into our, our sermons and our services. So I encourage you to do that. And want to say welcome to those who are on our phone live streaming. Uh, if you need that number, uh, please give us a call here at the church office. We'll be glad to give that to you. If you need it in person, uh, we'll be glad to give that to you here tonight too. Uh, let me encourage you, if you can, uh, have access to the website there. Go to highlandbaptistchurch.com. It's under the info tab there that you can download the worship bulletin uh, for this week as as well as the children's worship bulletins. If you need those in person, they're in the windowsills uh, to my right and my left, and the children's ones are here to my right. So be sure to get those. Uh, share the links that are there uh, on the website under that info tab, and then encourage you to go ahead and get this downloaded, the prayer list uh, for tonight. We're going to be going through the entire prayer list again tonight uh, just to get some updates since it's been a few weeks since I've been uh, able to do this on Wednesday night to get some updates of where we are uh, with individuals. So we'll be going through this tonight. Be sure to get that downloaded, even if you just just have a digital copy, or if you can print that off, it'll be great. Uh, if you need those in person, they're on the front pews here, and we'll be glad to give you one. If you see someone who comes in in just a little bit, make sure they get one. And then also just want to encourage you, you can do your online giving on the church website there. Go to the far right-hand side, click the Give Online tab there. It's a real easy platform uh, set up there for you to do your giving. Uh, and then it has all the designated offerings that we do that you can also uh, designate too. So I encourage you to take the time to do that. Offering envelopes are in the pews in front of you if you need to do that in person. So pick up one of those uh, and do that. So Brother Mike, you'll come. We are set up now to sing Trust and Obey, 447. So you can join us in your hymnal or watch the words on the screen. Trust and Obey, all four verses.
Thank you, Brother Mike, and thank you, Miss Pat, for bringing us into a heart of worship here. Uh, take your prayer list there if you have it. Hopefully you have it downloaded uh, online or at least can look at it there uh, online. Uh, if you don't, uh, be sure to get that done. And then uh, as you've got your paper copies here, uh, we're just going to start with going down the Highland Baptist Church family side here. And as we go through, if you have any updates of anyone, anyone we need to add, uh, please let us know. And then we'll just continue uh, moving down uh, the list on the friends and family side and the nursing home assisted living. So uh, if you have any updates, please feel free to interrupt any time to, to share. Uh, SW and Carolyn Stone, uh, I want to remember them in prayer. I talked with Steve Sunday, uh, and he said uh, they're still about the same. Both of them uh, had an episode where they both had fallen on the same day. And so, uh, but we do want to keep them in our prayer still as they continue to have the, the ongoing issues that they have. Anybody have anything else to update on them? Okay, Vicki Boswell. I've not heard an update on her lately. Mike Durham. Arthur Hargrove. Okay, so just continue to pray for Brother Arthur and for uh, encouragement for him and, and with his situations that he has going on. His, uh, Emily was with him, and so we just want to pray for her, her also. Uh, Beverly Daniels. Rosalie Moore. Kim Saunders. Brenda Gilbert, I know she's been coming uh, to worship services, but she is still uh, having a lot of issues, too, with uh, her, her back especially, too. So remember her in your prayers. Any other things to share about her? All right. Myra Watson. Mark Raymond. Mark had something, I was trying to think, Mark had something recently that happened, but I don't remember the details of it, but uh, still ongoing issues with that, with his back. Uh, Diane Tatum, she's... Okay, so that's a good report for Miss Diane Tatum uh, that she's done her last physical therapy. So we praise the Lord uh, for that as she continues uh, setting those goals and seeking to recover. Uh, Jack Doubt. Okay, so no contact yet with Jack Doubt. Uh, Cindy Jordan. Bernice Cox. I assume her situation is, is still the same and will continue uh, to deteriorate. Um, Donna Agcock. Okay, all right, that sounds good. So do continue to remember Donna Adcock with her breast cancer. She has 11 more treatments, uh, but did not have any reaction to the medications, which is uh, good because she had been having some with that. So remember her in your prayers. Ken, do you know any more of Ken? Okay, so Ken Adcock is doing better. Uh, Cindy Ingram.
Okay, so Cindy Ingram, uh, we believe, has a follow-up with uh, a neurologist, so uh, continue to keep her in your prayers as they continue to determine what's going on with her situation. Ms. Okay. All right. Betsy Farrell. I know Miss Betsy watches us all the time. She may be watching this right now, too. <laughs> because uh, I see her comments all the time there. Uh, but do continue to remember her in your prayers. Uh, David Hess, uh, remember him. Uh, he, is it tomorrow? Friday. Yeah. Right. Not right after finish chemo, they'll go in and remove the tumor. Yeah, so that's my understanding. It is yes. weekly. So uh, he will be having uh, 12 weeks of treatments. Uh, that he'll be doing and so keep him in your prayers as he goes through that and then um, the week after he finishes his last one they uh, they will be doing uh, the open heart surgery to remove the tumor uh, that is feeding the other um, nodules i said that right okay yeah so keep him in your prayers and keep jim hess in your prayers too he's on the road a lot and then also trying to keep in touch and be there for his son uh, so keep him in your prayers uh, too with his situation uh, George Duncan. Brian Tate. That's what he told us before, too. So Brian is getting treatment with medication for his situation that he has going on. And then Miss Carolyn Waller. Has anybody heard an update from her in the last couple of days? Yes, she is home. Uh, so the, the report there on Carolyn Waller is just, uh, she has been weak, uh, probably has chronic anemia that she'll have to deal with for some time, but is better than she was. And so we just praise the Lord for that uh, in her situation. Any other additions we need to make to the HBC family? All right. Um, on the nursing home assisted living uh, list, uh, so we have Mary Campbell at NHC, Peggy Eggleston at Life Care, uh, Susie Barton at Morning Point, Bertie Davis at Brookdale, and Janet Carter, who is at NHC in the rehab. So do remember Peggy Eggleston, that the update uh, for her is that she is at the emergency room right now uh, and things were not looking well. So uh, keep her in your prayers as they try to determine what's going on there, whether it's medicines or something to do with her diabetes or, or otherwise. Uh, I do know um, uh, Brother Mark Raymond had visited with Bertie and uh, she it seems still very encouraged. Uh, he was encouraging her about how, may, how we may get her plugged into watching or listening uh, to us online. And we shared with him the phone live streaming. So hopefully uh, she's able to do that in the next few uh, days here with that. And then any update on Miss Janet Carter? I know the last that I heard from uh, her daughter is that uh, she was just needing to get the strength back. And so they're really working with her to, to get the strength back so that she can be able uh, to go back home. Um, on our friends and family side then, uh, if you'll notice there, we have Mike Hauser, Katie Joe Bailey, uh, Sarah Jernigan, and that is Sherry Jernigan, who is one of our former uh, CDC workers. That's her sister. Uh, she is in Charlotte uh, in a coma, so continue to remember her in prayer. Uh, has been in a coma for some years. Um, remember Floyd and Sue Prince uh, and their health. Uh, that's Myra Patton's parents. Amanda Harris, who has breast cancer. That's Mark Smith's niece. And then also Don Smith, uh, who is in hospice, Mark Smith's father. Let's remember them in prayer. 
Remember Greg Renfro, uh, who's waiting for a kidney transplant. This is the cousin of Bell Royton. I may try to get an update soon for that one. Uh, Hoyt Farrell. He is here. Is it Manchester or Winchester? Manchester, okay. So Hoyt is here, uh, which is a great blessing and prayer answered uh, for Brother Bobby and getting his brother up here. Uh, so just continue to pray uh, for him and for, for his health and, and uh, just praise the Lord that they were able to get that taken care of. Uh, Buddy Saunders, who is Charles Saunders' brother for medical issues. Cindy Cruz, who is my cousin who has uh, cancer uh, just continue to keep her in prayers. Uh, she has opted not to do any treatments, uh, and uh, they have brought hospice in, so uh, keep her uh, in your prayers. Remember the people of Ukraine. Mamie Thompson, uh, that is Amy Raymond's mother, who's in her own apartment now, but just continue to pray for her. Tracy Strovey, uh, who's on dialysis. This was a request from Vicki Boswell. Ryan Bond. Okay, so do remember Ryan Bond, uh, who has cancer. He did get a bad report recently. Uh, his cancer has returned, uh, as well as uh, he is going to be doing chemo, and then after a couple of rounds of the chemo, they're going to remove some tumors uh, from his liver, so keep him in your prayers. Uh, Rhonda Morris, uh, who continues, she's doing uh, better as far as the cancer part was, but the, is still in a lot of pain with some other issues that went along with that, uh, so keep her in your prayers. Christine Cranford, who has skin cancer. That request was from Pasha, Patricia Durham. Continue to remember our Calgary Mission uh, Partnership. Uh, there's going to be a couple of teams that are going to be going from our association uh, in the month of July. Uh, Brother Mark Puckett is leaving next Thursday, so pray for him. He's actually going to be driving uh, up there to Calgary and making a whole loop all the way back around when he comes back at the end of July. Uh, so continue, keep him in your prayers and keep that Calgary Mission Partnership uh, in your prayers as he'll continue to do that for our association uh, even though we, he is no longer our director of missions. Uh, remember Libby Kine, uh, this is Rick Miller's mother who had a stroke. Remember uh, Tish uh, Craig Ray who has lymphoma, lymphoma and has started chemo, that's Matt Kohler's uh, relation there. Remember uh, Randy Tatum, who is Ken Tatum's brother, uh, who has cancer. Uh, his situation has not improved, uh, but hasn't gotten extremely worse yet, but just continue to keep him in your prayers. Uh, Lisa Pitts uh, with medical issues. This is Linda Smith's sister. Katie Pugh. Okay, and so the update on Katie Pugh there uh, with lymphoma is that she will have her T-cell infusions starting next week and then she'll be in the hospital for four to five weeks uh, with that. So keep her uh, in your prayers. And, and she's a school teacher, right, down, down in Franklin County, so remember her. Uh, Dennis McCulloch. He's still doing about the same. This is Samantha's uh, brother-in-law. Uh, Frida Anderson. This is, is this right? This is Dr. Anderson's mother. Yes, John Anderson's mother. So uh, keep her in your prayers. Trying to make the connections there with everybody. Yeah. Uh, remember Bobby Baker Jr. Uh, with cancer? Okay, so he's doing better. So we'll remove him from the list. Uh, Herb Taylor, uh, who Mark, Mark Smith asked for this request with cancer. 
uh, Easton Max, Brian Tate had asked for that one. Uh, Melissa Shuren uh, is one of our CDC substitute teachers. In fact, she's working this summer, but uh, she has some uh, back issues. Her back hurts uh, quite a bit, and she has some issues with that medically. So we want to keep her in your prayer. She's asked for to be put on our prayer request list. I remember Tammy Sparkman, who has bone cancer. This is the granddaughter of Leona Ross. Um, keep her in your prayers. I've not heard any update recently on that. I'll, I'll try to check with Rosie to find out what the latest is. This is Debbie Pancratus and her family uh, with cancer. Uh, this is a request from Lauren Lee. Bill Hargrove, medical issues, who's been hospitalized three times. This is Ann Smith's father. Uh, when I talked to Ann, uh, he has improved from where he was at this request, being the hospitalized the three times. Still will have his ongoing issues, uh, but just uh, so continue to keep him uh, in your prayers. Matthew Ratcliffe. So Matthew had been in a car accident back in uh, December uh, and has been through multiple, multiple surgeries and uh, is out of the hospital now. We'll be doing outpatient therapy. So we just praise the Lord for that and that he's able to eat uh, also. And so just continue to keep him in your prayers. Oliver Nagy. Okay, and so um, Oliver has had his blood test. Yeah, so uh, he's had his blood test. It's gone from 30,000 to 70,000 in his blood platelets, so uh, that's a praise uh, there. Uh, but just continue to pray that everything continues uh, to get better there, and that's Pat Williams' great-grandson, Emily's uh, son. Remember uh, Jake Campbell, uh, who was in the car wreck, and he has really had a rough time. So he had been in a car wreck, uh, and this is your nephew. nephew. This is Pat Williams' nephew, uh, so keep him in your prayers. So he's had multi he has had surgeries? He's had surgeries already? Hadn't yet. Hadn't yet. So he's got multiple surgeries that are upcoming. Uh, in the process of everything, uh, they also discovered that he has uh, a blood disorder, so we want to continue to remember him and his family in your prayers. Anybody else that we need to add to the prayer list that maybe we had not mentioned? Yes, yes. I uh, want to remember, uh, and this should be on the HBC family uh, side, uh, remember Brenda Griffin uh, and the loss of her brother, um, and I forgot his name. Uh, the funeral's today, uh, but they'll be traveling back, so keep them in your prayers and just pray for God's comfort to still be uh, upon her and her heart. Curry, yes. Marty, Marty Curry is her brother who passed away. So want to remember them in prayer. Is that in Texas? Yes, that's in Texas. Anyone else? If you need to make a prayer request and you're online, be sure to do that on Facebook. That's the only place that we will see the live prayer requests. If you haven't uh, made it there, I don't see any currently on there. So. All right, I know that takes a long time going through the whole list, but ever so often we do want to do that. Uh, and especially as I had been out of pocket for a while, I needed to catch up also with how different ones were. And I know you did too. And so uh, we want to remember all of these in our prayer time tonight. And so let's just bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, as you're at home there, would you join us in prayer too? Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for just being the awesome God that you are. 
that you love us, you provide for us, you care for us, even when we don't always see exactly what you're doing, even though we don't always understand why you allow things to happen the way that they do. But we know that you are a sovereign God, that you love us, that you care for us, that you're a holy and a righteous God. And so, Lord, as we come before you, we want to come uh, with, with clean hearts. We want to come, Lord, with uh, confession upon our lips and, and repentance within our hearts so that there is nothing that hinders our prayers with you. Lord, we come before you tonight to pray fervent, effectual prayers on the behalf of others as well as ourselves and maybe even some other unspoken requests. And just simply, Lord, to talk to you, to say thank you for all that you do for us to say that we love you uh, for your great love towards us. And Father, we thank you for what you're doing in people's hearts and how you're stirring people. We thank you uh, for, the, for the public profession of salvation from this past Sunday, the baptism that will happen this coming Sunday. Father, we pray that you'll continue to stir others in their hearts to, to make whatever decisions they might need to make. And we just pray that you will use us as a church to be a witness to uh, the lost community around us, to be a witness to those you've entrusted in our care here, uh, even at the church. As children are growing up, may we uh, surround them with your love and your grace and your mercy that they might hear and see the love of Jesus Christ and see the gospel uh, lived out in our lives. And so, Father, we come before you confessing our sin, repenting of our sin, asking for your forgiveness and for your cleansing. And, Father, we pray that you will wash us as white as snow with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We want you to hear our prayers tonight, and you've heard all the ones that we've gone through. We've talked every name, uh, listed every name on, on paper, as well as uh, by verbally speaking their names and their situations. So, Father, you know their situations better than we do. Lord, you are more capable and able uh, than anyone to take care of these individuals. And so we uplift them to you. We ask you, Lord, to divinely intervene in their lives, to bring healing where healing is needed, whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, however that healing may need to happen. Father, we pray that you will divinely intervene in their hearts and their lives right now. Make yourself known to them in a powerful way. Father, we pray for uh, those who are going through uh, valley, deep valley times in their lives, Lord, that, that you would let them know that you are walking with them through that valley, that you are there to lead them and to guide them to the cool, still, peaceful waters uh, that, that is in your presence. Uh, Father, I pray that you will surround them with peace and love uh, in their hearts and their lives. And Father, I pray that you will uh, just do an awesome work in their lives, that it might be a witness and a testimony to the lost and dying world around us. So we uplift them to you, Lord. We pray for those that are even in the emergency room right now, Lord, that you will give the doctors who are taking care of them clarity and understanding and wisdom to know what the situation is, uh, Lord, so that they can be able to, to take care of things that, that you have gifted those doctors and nurses uh, to be able to do. But, Lord, we know that you are the great physician, and so we uplift uh, those individuals to you and ask for your healing hand to be upon them even right now. Father, we pray for those who have uh, tests and procedures and, and treatments that are upcoming. Father, we pray that you will be with them through all of those things, and may they find their strength and their power in you and in your presence to keep pressing forward for the days ahead. And Father, we pray uh, for those who are in the nursing homes, those who are shut-ins at home, who aren't able to come to the services, who aren't able to get out much. Father, we just pray for your blessings upon them in a powerful way also. Lord, let them know they are still a part of your body uh, here at the church. Uh, as, as well as of, of your kingdom. And Father, I pray that you will encourage them to know that you are not finished with them yet, that you can use them even in their situation where they may be at home even now. And so, Father, tonight as we come to study your word uh, in closing out the book of Jonah, Father, I pray that you will speak powerfully through chapter 4 to our hearts and to our lives. Uh, make yourself known to us tonight. Lord, when we leave tonight, may we know that we have been in your presence and may we act upon the truths that we learn from your word tonight from Jonah chapter 4. So bless your word that it would go forth and not return void. Use it even online there to speak truth into people's hearts who may not know Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we just ask your blessings uh, upon us tonight. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, take your Bibles as we said and turn to the book of Jonah chapter 4. Jonah chapter 4. It's only 11 verses, so 
uh, it's not that long, but there is a lot uh, in these verses. And so I've entitled my message tonight, What Really Matters? Uh, also, uh, I had an alternate title here that I'd use, but I decided to go with this one on the screen, that he's still working on me. Uh, he's still working. You've heard that song before? He's still working on me. To what? To make me what I ought to be. I don't know the rest of the words by heart, but that's, that's the emphasis here that we're going to see with Jonah is that God is still working on Jonah. You know, we, we wish that every story had a happy ending, but they don't always have happy endings. I wish the story of Jonah had probably ended at the end of, of the third chapter, because if you remember at the end of the church, third chapter, God had called Jonah a second time, gave him another opportunity to go preach to that wicked city, Nineveh, and we remember that Jonah obeys that call. When Jonah obeys and preaches God's message, God begins to move in the heart of the people. In fact, we studied and found out that, that God had been working all along before Jonah ever got there uh, to, to bring their hearts to the place that when Jonah came and preached around that city for three days that it took the journey to make around that city, people heard the word, people heard the, the truth of what God had to say that judgment was coming if they didn't repent and they repented and so uh, you know the blessing came in that entire city turning to God and Jonah got to be a part of really the greatest revival that is found in the Bible and all throughout history if the story had just stopped right there everybody wins the entire city is spared from destruction Jonah wins the Nobel Peace Prize. God is glorified through the obedience of, uh, of a prophet and the salvation of the city. What a great ending to the story. Great revival. Many people repented. Many people turned to God. But beginning in chapter 4, we read that one word that caused Jonah so much grief and so much heartache and cost him so much peace and so much happiness. Look at chapter 4 and verse 1. But. Wow. On a mountaintop experience. Greatest experience he could have ever had in his ministry. But. Now we know enough about Jonah to know that word isn't good for Jonah. It's a sad ending to what should have been a sweet story. But it teaches us one of the greatest lessons we'll ever learn about God and about ourselves. And that is what really matters. Here's what we're going to learn from this last chapter, which is the lesson of really the entire book. The key takeaway is this, is what really matters to God is people. What really matters to God is people. Jonah never really understood that. He never got it, frankly, and, and the world even today doesn't get it. Sadly, many times the church doesn't get it. Uh, there's a story about a man by the name of David Sharp. He was 34 years old. He was an engineer. He died in 2006 trying to climb Mount Everest. Now, that's not totally unusual because there have been over 310 people who have died in the past 100 years trying to climb that mountain. It's not that he died but it's how he died that's so unbelievable. He sat cross-legged in the snow in a frozen trance where, where it was painfully obvious that his life was literally being frozen out of him. The amazing thing, though, is that about 40 people walked right past him, seeing that he was dying, knowing that he was in trouble, realizing he needed help, but those climbers had paid tens of thousands of dollars for, to, to guides for this once-in-a-lifetime experience. And they decided that what really mattered at that moment was not trying to save a man's life, but trying to get to the top of the mountain. Forty people let this man die without ever trying to help him. As we read that story, it, 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 it recounted how it was so cold on that part of Mount Everest that temperatures can drop to 100 degrees below zero. Winds can blow with the force of a gale. 
Skin can freeze instantaneously. Frostbite can set in within seconds. And as I read that story, I thought to myself, the coldest thing on that mountain that day was not the the climate. It was the hearts of those 40 people who didn't understand what really matters. What really matters to God is what should really matter to us. And until we see God for who he is, and we see God the way, uh, we, we see people the way God sees them, we'll never understand what really matters because once we do, uh, then three things ought to be true about us. These three things will tell us whether or not what really matters to God really matters to us. Here's the first thing, is that we should be joyful over a God who loves. We should be joyful over a God who loves. Uh, look again here, and we'll read verse 1 and continue on from the word but. It says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. So it displeased him, and he's angry. About what? About the city repenting and turning to God. Uh, you see there in, in the last, you see what happened in the last verse uh, of chapter 3 there. Uh, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did it not to, he did it not to them. And, and so in that last verse of chapter 3, God had seen how the people of Nineveh had repented of their sins. They had asked for forgiveness, had turned to him in faith. And so God, rather than pouring out his full judgment upon them, gave them mercy. And Jonah, he was really ticked. You know, think about it, though. I mean, be honest. Have you ever been angry, jealous, bitter, or frustrated that something good happened to somebody else especially somebody that you don't even care for uh, one person uh, thought they uh, ought to write a book entitled why do good things happen to people i don't like <laughs> jonah was hot because god had shown mercy not just to a sinful city but to nineveh the arch enemy of the nation if you remember the description of what happened in Nineveh, uh, they would kill people, behead them, put their heads on a pole, and stab it in the ground for everyone to see. They would, especially those who were Jews, they, they formally despised every Jew. They were a pagan city. They were a wicked city. And everything that Jews stood for, they despised. In short, Jonah uh, was spiritually prejudiced in his heart because Jonah was angry because God was just being God. Notice verse 2. And so he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious and God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from disaster. So if you really want to know the story, uh, what the story of Jonah is really all about, uh, you just read, read it in that verse. God is a God of love. He prefers mercy over wrath. He prefers forgiveness over punishment. He prefers grace over judgment. Why? Because he is a God that loves everybody, even the Ninevites. What Jonah was saying, in effect, was, I can't understand how God loves me. I, I'm a Jew. I, I can understand how he loves me. I'm a Jew. I'm a prophet. I, I'm a part of the family of God. I'm part of his children. How in the world could God love them? We do the same thing too often. I, we say, I understand how God, I understand why God loves me. I, I go to church. I understand how God loves me. I'm not like them. I'm not gay. Uh, we sometimes get the understanding uh, or get the idea that God uh, only loves people who look like us or who act like us. What Jonah didn't understand was that God loves everyone equally. And the more you understand the love of God, the more you're filled with the love of God, the more you'll love people who are without God. 
I want you to listen to this statement from William Law in The Power of the Spirit in a little booklet. He said this, We may take for a certain rule that the more the divine nature of life in, of G, the life of Jesus is manifest in us, and the higher our sense of righteousness and virtue, the more we shall pity and love those who are suffering from the blindness, disease, and death of sin. The sight of such people then, instead of raising in us a haughty contempt or holier-than-thou indignation, will rather fill us with such tenderness and compassion as when we see the miseries of a dreaded disease. See, what happened for Jonah is when Jonah uh, was doing this, you see, Jonah was really showing that he was farther from God in some ways than the people of Nineveh. Here's what's even more incredible. The only reason that Jonah was still alive at this point was the grace and the mercy and the love of God. But he had forgotten that. When you stop being uh, joyful over a God who loves, you'll become spiritually prejudiced. Let me say it in a different way. The most selfish, uh, the most selfish people on earth are people who don't care whether other people go to heaven or not as long as they get there themselves. And that's why it's hard to accept the invitation that Jonah gives uh, to his little pity party in verse 3 and verse 4. So he continues with his prayer to the Lord and he says, Therefore, Lord, you knew this was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. That's why I fled. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Now notice here that, that Jonah didn't say all that when he was in the belly of the fish. Jonah was crying out for mercy in the belly of the fish. He, he would have died in the belly of the fish if it hadn't have been for God uh, and, and, and the kind of God that we find in verse 2. What Jonah didn't understand is what some of us sometimes forget is that a prophet is just as much in need of the grace of God as a pagan is. We ought to be joyful that God loves the Muslim just as much as he loves the Methodist. He loves the Buddhist just as much as he loves the Baptist. He loves the pagan just as much as he loves the Pentecostal. He loves those outside the church just as he, much as he loves those inside the church. That's also why those outside the church should feel the most loved by those inside the church. And then they, then will, and they will uh, when, when those inside the church understand what really matters it matters that we uh, are grateful for the loving God that we have the second thing that we need to understand from this passage tonight is that we ought to be grateful for a God who gives not only joyful for a God who loves but grateful for a God who gives notice verse 5 down through verse 10 we'll actually just begin with verse 5 and 6 so verse 5 says Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it to come up over Jonah that it might be shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. So Jonah... Here he is, he's enjoying his pity party, he's sitting out in the blazing hot sun, he's just hoping to see this city is going to go up in smoke. Now remember, this would, this would be in the area where we know today is modern day Iraq, uh, and the temperature was probably uh, up, up to 100, 110, maybe even 120 degrees uh, as it gets in the desert during the daytimes, and this is the desert climate that he's in here. And once again, God gives something to Jonah that Jonah doesn't deserve. Uh, he gives him shade. It was kind of a gourd, a, a plant, if you will, that would provide some shade, maybe some big leaves on it, uh, or provide some refreshment. It really doesn't matter what kind of plant that it was. We could debate all day long what kind of plant it was. But what matters is, is that it was a gift of God's grace. Jonah didn't deserve that plant to give him some shade. What Jonah really deserved was a bad sunburn. 
Jonah never even bothered to ask, where in the world did this miraculous plant come from? I mean, think about it. This plant comes up almost instantaneously in a short period of time. He's not sitting out there looking over the city for, for a month or two months and this plant is growing up. It's a miracle that happens that this plant grows up, provides some shade. He's not asking where did this come from, how did this happen. Here's Jonah, who doesn't even ask that. But we do read that he's extremely happy because of the plant. Once again, it's amazing because Jonah was more grateful for the gift than he was for the giver. He was more grateful for the plant than he was for the provider. And just about that time, Jonah's settling down in the shade, drinking his lemonade. God pulls the rug out from under him in verse 7 through verse 10. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. I mean, you think sometimes how hot it gets and you're, you're getting heat exhaustion outside. This is even worse for Jonah because there's no refreshment here uh, for him. Uh, he, he's getting faint here and he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. Someone has said, if you want to know what a person is really like, ask three questions. What makes them laugh? What makes them angry? And what makes them weep? Jonah was more concerned about a plant than he was about people. He was more concerned about shade over his head than he was about souls being saved and about spiritual things. He had more pity and more passion for material things than he did spiritual things. Uh, let me just bring this home to where we live and to where we are. You know, there are some who walk into most churches and, and maybe they don't dress the way we dress. They don't look the way we look. Maybe they've got tattoos all over them. Maybe they don't smell the way we smell. You know what a lot of us see when we see a person like that that walks in? We see the, the outer things. We see the way they're dressed. We see the way they look. We, we see the way they, they smell or whatever. Uh, we see all of those things. We never give a second thought to look at what's underneath. Who's wearing uh, those clothes? Who's walking in those shoes? Uh, and all of those things. Think about this. All of those things, those external things, those aren't going to last. But the person who comes, they are going to last forever. In eternity, one place or the other. Either in heaven or in hell. And so we ought to be grateful for a God who gives grace and love and mercy and forgiveness and compassion even when we don't deserve it. We ought to be grateful that God uses us to give the same grace that he's given to us, to give the same mercy that he's shown to us, to give the same forgiveness that he's given to us to others. And we will be if we understand what matters. We will be grateful for God who's given us that grace. We also ought to be, thirdly, mindful of a God who saves. Be mindful of a God who saves. There's only two books in the Bible that close with a question. One is the book of Nahum. The other is the book of Jonah. What a great question it is, verse 11. Should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? You notice Jonah doesn't answer the question. The reason is he knows the answer. 
What God said in effect to Jonah was this, you're so concerned that the people of Nineveh aren't getting what they deserved, but you've forgotten that you also didn't get what you deserved. Let me tell you the major difference between the God that we serve and every other God that every other person in this world serves. Our God saves. It's true that Nineveh didn't get what they deserved. But this is the lesson that God wanted to teach Jonah and to teach us. God doesn't want anybody to get what they deserve. In fact, the Bible is very clear to tell us this. I know there are times that, that, that those of us who believe in the second coming of, of, of Jesus get anxious for it. We pray for it. We want it. We desire it. Many of us wish that he would come right now, and we wonder, why doesn't he? Let me tell you why. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 says this, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and verse 4 says, This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Do you know why Jesus has delayed his coming even in the face of a world that is more wicked today than it's ever been? It's because of what really matters. It blows the mind, uh, the, 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 you know, it blows my mind sometimes that what, what gets us so concerned. Uh, we're, we're, we're more concerned uh, when we go to a restaurant, the food's cold, the service is bad, the glass is dirty. We're more concerned about the water and the weight than we are about the waiter and the waitress. You know what r the real measure of spiritual maturity is? Your level of spiritual maturity can be determined by this question. How much of what concerns God concerns you? How much of what concerns God concerns you? Because all too often, we're more concerned about dress. We're more concerned about style. We're more concerned about music. We're more concerned uh, the, the, and the fact that, that churches don't look traditional, don't have crosses, don't have steeples. And all of the time... Do you know what concerns God? The people in Nineveh. They live all around us. They live in our neighborhoods. They come to churches every week. They walk through church doors every Sunday. And they're asking one question and only one question. Does anyone in this church care about me? And I'm convinced that if the unchurched people who are far from God were to listen to sometimes some of our conversations in the church, after church, they would shake their heads and say, you really don't understand what really matters. Let me close this with a story. 33 years ago, the Associated Press ran a story about a young man by the name of Raymond Dunn, Jr., he had just turned 16 years of age. They ran a story about his birthday party because he didn't celebrate with cake because he's allergic to that. He celebrated by eating some bland brown infant formula made by the Gerber Baby Food Company because he suffered from a rare disease. It was the only food that he could keep down and it was the only food that would keep him alive. Raymond was born with a broken skull and a brain that had been deprived of oxygen. He wasn't supposed to live even a year. His twisted, cramped body, the article said, never grew beyond 38 pounds and four feet tall. He suffered up to two dozen seizures a day, slept two to three hours a night. His asthma made his breathing struggle. Uh, phlegm mucus plugs repeatedly hospitalized him and threatened to kill him. He moved only with help, saw only shadows. His expression ranged from a, a painful grimace to a slight smile. His only sounds were, were snorts and gurgles and wheezes and an occasional burp. His biggest problem was his allergy to virtually all food except MBF, meat-based formula. The mother, his mother, begged Gerber uh, to make more of this formula because they had decided to uh, discontinue the product five years earlier. 
and they were about to, she had gone everywhere she could. She couldn't find anyone who made this food. Uh, she couldn't create it herself. Uh, by 1988, Miss Dunn had hunted down every can she could find, and, and Gerber had exhausted its backlog, and she was about to run out. She begged Gerber, because they had made that decision some years earlier, uh, whose creed is babies are our business, uh, to make more of this food. The company, uh, their research director, finally uh, consented and volunteers in the research division put their own projects on hold, hauled out old equipment and devoted 7,000 square feet in several days of production space and time just to manufacture food for Raymond Dunn. They even had to go to Washington to the USDA uh, to, to get approval for the label. She only had 24 cans of food left, and all of a sudden, a two-year supply, free of charge, came courtesy of Gerber Baby Foods. When Raymond finished it, Gerber made more. A Gerber nutritionist, Dr. Sandra Bartholomew, uh, seemed surprised when she was asked why she and her colleagues devoted such effort to a market of one person. Her response was, it seemed like the right thing to do. Why would Gerber do all of that? Because they realized that what was more important than the profits they make off of baby food or baby food itself are the people who eat it. What is the lesson of the book of Jonah? One teacher asked her children's Bible class, what's the lesson of the book of Jonah? A little boy raised his hand and said, people make well sick. <laughs> That's not the real lesson. The real lesson of the book of Jonah is this. What really matters to God is people. And people ought to really matter to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for who you are. And the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness that you have shown to us when we did not deserve it. You have loved us, Lord, with a love that is everlasting and unquenchable in our hearts. You have filled us, Lord, with your presence. And we didn't deserve any of what we have in our relationship with you. So, Father, I pray tonight that we have seen from the close of the book of Jonah, Jonah who got mad because people repented. Lord, may that never, ever be said of us. May it never, ever be said of us, Lord, that we don't care about what really matters to you. People getting saved, people coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I pray tonight that you will stir our hearts to look around at the city of Nineveh all around us, in our neighborhoods, at our workplace, wherever we might go at the grocery store, uh, when we go to the restaurant to eat, Lord, to not be concerned about the outer things, Lord, but to be concerned about the people that we come into contact every day with. Lord, you have brought people across our path each and every day that you want us to be a witness to. And Father, I pray that as you continue to do your work in and through us, Lord, I pray that you will not finish your work. You'll complete your work upon our hearts, Lord, to bring us to this place that we would care about what you care about and that we would care to show the love of Jesus Christ, showing that mercy, that forgiveness, that same grace to those who are out, uh, outside the family of God. And Father, I pray they'll see our love for one another and our love for you. Because you told us that when the world sees our love for one another, then they will know that we are your disciples. And you will use that as a witness in their hearts and their lives. So bless us, Lord, in the days ahead. Give us your passion. Give us your love. And help us, Lord, to care about what you care about. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As I look back at our prayer, uh, the comments there, I don't notice any prayer requests there, but just want to say thank you so much for joining us uh, online. We'll be back again this Sunday morning uh, for our worship service, uh, 9.15 for Sunday school, 10.30 for worship. Uh, please come and join us if you can in person. If you can't, uh, you have the resources there with uh, YouTube, Twitter, uh, and Facebook, and then also our phone live streaming that you can tune in with us. You have a blessed week. Stay safe, and we'll see you this coming Sunday. Thank you.